0: and welcome to TV Times 3, episode 356. On this episode, we've got one news story, and then we'll discuss the series premiere of 24 Legacy, the second season premiere of The Expanse, and a recent episode of The Magicians, plus a very brief reality check and some TV recommendations at the end. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes com slash 356. I'm Amory from itakeontv.com.
1: I'm Jason the TV TVholic from tvholic.com. And this week we have joining us... Ivy from virginia.com. <laughs> <laughs> the
2: state, not the website. <laughs> it's for lovers, people. Just deal <laughs> with it.
0: Um, I haven't been to Virginia in a very long time. You we used to go in that. high school for like indoor percussion and marching and all that stuff.
1: Well, apparently you need a lover to go there. So
0: <laughs> Oh, my God. This took a turn.
1: Well, you'd think uh, they would have kicked me out by
2: now.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. This took a real sad turn. <laughs> uh-uh. It's like Debbie Downer. In the news, uh, Josh and his team have decided that who It's Josh, right? Hulu's Please Like Me will not have a fifth season. They like how they've ended their fourth season. Um, that hasn't premiered yet I've watched a couple episodes, Kurt's made me watch it and it is very funny I just never watched all of it so I'm not sad about it
1: never watched, but yeah, it sounded like he's like, yeah, these are all based on you know, kind of my life and kind of done with it (laughs) as of of the fourth season I think it uh, we're just going to leave it there I don't know about this show particularly, but I think that's a good thing. Like, if if they don't have yeah. any more, there's no point in keeping right. going. It's
0: also a show that's kind of had to fight for where it's going to air, yeah. too. Yeah. So, like, if he's just like, I'm I'm happy with what we've done. Let's not fight to get another season somewhere that may not even be Hulu. Hulu? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what Hulu
1: Yeah, it started on cable, and then it had to pivot to Hulu.
0: Anyway, <laughs> it's ending. Um, That's our news.
1: Yeah, not a lot of... Not a lot of news this uh, this week.
0: We'll start to hear more coming soon because sweeps are coming up and shows are going to be gan- canceled soon. And,
2: and all your, the pilots are all being made.
0: Yeah. So that stay tuned. Um, top three Super Bowl ads for 2017. Guys, I don't know if I can come up with two. I watched every commercial. I watched the game. It was a terrible game.
2: Oh, it was a pretty great game.
0: It was a great game until...
1: Yeah, it was a terribly great game, or a greatly terrible game. I hated the ending, but it was was fun to watch.
0: Oh, I hate Joe Buck so much, you guys. My favorite part of the Super Bowl was when Joe Buck called Tom Brady Tommy, like, because you know that he wants to sleep with him. (laughs) (laughs) And so he must call him Tommy when they hang out in real life. And so at one point he's like, oh, Tommy, and then he corrected himself, Tom Brady. And I was like, shut up, Joe Buck. This is a live, this is live of what happened while I was watching the game. You can ask Alex. I railed against Joe Buck the whole time because honestly, say what you will, give Tom Brady whatever you want. but Julian Edelman, if that game, if he wasn't there, they're not winning that game. And if that one rookie, I don't know, what his name right, that kept catching all the catches, I mean, sure, Tom Brady can throw it for 400 yards, but he's got to have people to catch it. He didn't do it all by himself, and I just hate when they anyway. Not Tom Brady is a jerk podcast, but...
1: <laughs> that play went from great defensive play to amazing offensive play, which, I don't know, these things tend to happen in uh, in these games. This was a f- a f- sort of a first for... Uh,
0: the very first Super Bowl that went into overtime.
1: That was interesting.
0: I'm like, oh, they've never... I didn't realize that didn't happen. Like, it never happened before. And that they just kind of made
1: up the rules as they go. Apparently, like, even... Like championship games, you know, in the playoffs and stuff like that, haven't there? Haven't even been hmm. that's only happened like a couple of times or something like that. So, like in these big games to like either go to the Super Bowl or in the Super Bowl, you would think like the two best teams that it might have happened before. Like there'd be some closer yeah. matchups or something, or because like, there have been a lot of pretty close Super Bowls.
0: Mm. Yeah, um, I thought Luke Bryan. For as much as I hate him sang the national anthem very well uh yeah, especially I the, when it
2: was obviously out of his vocal range i thought he.
0: yes 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 that song is not made for country singers like that i'm sorry no offense to country singers but possibly some offense it's not in his range his own songs aren't in his own range so tell us how you really feel but i just think luke bryan's not a great singer but he did a very good job he did a respectable job he stuck to the song which is important I well, thought the Skylar sisters were great. Um, as always, Pippa was a little flat, but she always is. And um, I thought Lady Gaga <laughs> was incredible. And Peggy. And Peggy. Jasmine C. <laughs> Jones is my favorite Skylar sister. She's so good. But yeah, so that was my take on the Super
1: <laughs> that's Bowl. The, that's the Super Bowl overview. Now within that.
0: Okay, maybe I guess my only pick is like commercial I am chuckling about as I think about it. Was the Melissa McCarthy Kia ad?
1: It was fun. I don't know. It was okay. That one, uh, yeah, that one was okay for me. The one that I liked the best, even though I'm not really a, a Cam Newton fan, was uh, was the Buick ad where all of a sudden Cam Newton is playing football with all the little kids.
0: And then Miranda Kerr shows up because he's like, "Oh yeah, and I'm a supermodel."
1: <laughs> that was pretty good. And then the the ref like goes flying into the. Uh, into the bench or into the, the, the water table or whatever it was when he sees her standing on the, the sideline. Mm. I, I just thought that was, that was funny. Just all of a sudden Cam Newton's in there at quarterback and he's pushing all the little kids off of him. And then just the little kids like, no, no. <laughs> and then he drills them with the so pass. Basically you like
0: fight. watching little kids get beat up. by <laughs> a giant.
1: Just, I don't know. It was just, uh, it was just funny. And usually that's, the ads that usually get my attention are the ones that have are usually humorous in some way, which is why the uh, the other ones that I liked, I mean, were the the T-Mobile ads.
0: I don't even know what they were.
1: Those the ones with Kristen Shaw? Well, there was
0: <laughs> she's the
1: best. There was two with Kristen Shaw, and then there was one with uh, Snoop Dogg and uh, Martha Stewart.
0: That was funny because oh. I did I do recall talking about how I love that they're best friends. <laughs>
1: We all know I'm a big fan of that style of humor. And so the whole time when she's like purple cushions, you know, <laughs> and
0: ah, you mean pun based humor. <laughs> yes,
1: every, <laughs> everything that she says is a, another way to say weed, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: which was funny, but I like the, uh, well, both Kirsten Shaw ones were, were good, but the, I like the first one that was, you know, the, the 50 shades of gray type of spoof. Yeah.
0: The reason I like the other one is because the guy she was talking to looked like the waiter we had at dim at dim sum that morning.
1: <laughs> that one was kind of funny too, because he just had like no idea like what to do. Like he's like, yes. this is not that kind of I did like when he's like,
0: Thanks for calling T Mobile <laughs> <laughs>
1: But those were those were mine. I like the Buick ad and then the the two different uh T Mobile ads. Ivy? I think we go
2: into the Super Bowl with so such high expectations on them that that the commercials can never live up to it. But I um, I, I oddly my three my top three were all car commercials, but oh. very but had very little do, to do with cars, which I yes. was kind of fine with.
1: <laughs> which is what a lot of the ads do is they they deliver a message and then they're like, oh, yeah, and you can uh, do that by driving our car. Yeah, yeah
2: <laughs> I um. As far as funny, I really like the Subaru commercial with the dog driving around with the puppy in the baby seat in the back because it was subtle, but it was the the dog dri- dog's driving. Okay, dog's driving gets me every time. I don't care. Yeah, same. You know, it's like it's like Toonces, but it's funnier because it's dogs. Because cats are horrible.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But I I really like that. I really like the Honda yearbook commercial. With the um were they Talking you know animated evil. the yearbook pictures of the stars when they were yeah uh,
0: i I don't think that was Robert Redford at all. I don't believe it for a second,
2: oh, I thought it sounded like him
0: didn't look like him, that's what i mean
2: oh i uh I particularly like the the Robert Redford part when uh all of the girls around Robert Redford were swooning, and the <laughs> one dude I think his name was Pascal was like whatever <laughs> um, but i thought I thought that was pretty funny. My hands-down favorite, though, happened right after right after the game ended. And it was the Hyundai commercial that Peter Berg directed um, that had to do. It was with, live, wasn't it? I think so. I mean, because I, because they, they obviously they had to use live footage, but it was the one with the service members that were that were overseas, and they brought them into this kind of. 360 projected room where first the you know the whole whole field pops up and you're like oh this is pretty cool i get my own but then the this 360 degree camera their families were sitting at the game watching and so they could kind of interact with them the entire time and i was just like okay fine messages are good but yeah get pull the heartstrings and i'm there yeah so that was that was kind of far and away my favorite
0: peterberg is a great director i guess
2: I like many, many things. Not everything he directs, but my many least favorite things.
0: character in Alias that ever existed. But still,
2: who, who was, he was he?
0: Noah? He was Noah that killed. Oh,
2: the yeah. well, yeah.
0: John had a fiance, but he was Noah, the Ice Man.
2: There was many characters I hated in Alias, but he was he was but one.
0: Well, he was the one in the beginning that I really couldn't stand because he was another
2: Sid Vaughn plot contrivance obstacle. Yeah, yeah. I uh, do, you rem- do. You remember him in the Friday Night Lights TV show?
0: Uh, yeah, where he was yes. um, his friend from whatever.
2: Yeah, like, and it was just ice. over the top and hilarious.
0: I love that because uh, then um, Connie Prince just like, "Okay, you guys, do you get drunk?" <laughs> so yeah, so that's the Super Bowl. I mean, I was—you always see a Doritos commercial, and I didn't see one. Like, I was surprised, and then. You know, Budweiser usually has a funny commercial, and it was great. Their their Anheuser Busch commercial was touching, but they, they, had, a couple, so they good had a couple. They had a
1: couple of light commercials. They had the the Spuds McKenzie back from the dead. It's Not funny. Uh, that was f-
0: creepy. <laughs> oh, I like
1: I like the Spuds McKenzie. <laughs> no. you, you, you didn't like the uh, it was. I mean, they didn't go like Spuds McKenzie of uh, just Spuds McKenzie of the past, but you know, they didn't go ghost of future or ghost. of <laughs> –
0: I'm like, you know what, dude, you need to get better friends if they're making you drink Bud Light to have a good time. That's what I was thinking the whole time. Bud Light. Get real.
2: I I mean, I grew up working for Anheuser Bush, so I drank a lot of Bud Light in my youth.
0: <laughs> yeah, in my youth. I'm not a youth anymore.
1: <laughs> the youths. <laughs>
0: oh, so that's our official take on the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, overall, the ads are, I think, like you said, Ivy, sometimes it goes...
0: The live Snickers ad was so stupid. Yeah, you're... which one? The live Snickers ad.
1: Yeah, that wasn't
0: somewhere uh... where Adam Driver knocked down a wall or whatever. Yeah,
1: the, the whole like set falls down or whatever. And
2: I would just be happy if Adam Driver was no longer part of pop culture
1: <laughs> if he fell over. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, I think you just they there is like a lot of like it's become such a big thing that now people try and produce yeah such a thing, but it doesn't you're never quite sure like what it's going to be and so like some people go for like the message type of thing you know you could do that by driving a honda you know or whatever or or whatever the the type of thing is or they go for the funny which is the ones i gravitate to or sometimes they just i don't even you know they're just going for a good feeling or something i don't know what their mm-hmm. their thing is but well one one of the other things that stood out to
2: me is is on top of all of the movie commercials, movie trailers or the mini trailers or whatever you want to call them, and the you know the requisite ads for all of the fox shows
0: mm-hmm, i was mm-hmm.
2: I was kind of and I don't remember it happening in previous years, but there were three ads for television shows on other networks i mean Hulu and Netflix, yeah they've the that so that was
0: Hulu's very months. first um original series ad
2: right. Which they got, they got the benefit of overtime, and then we got to see twice. Yeah, um, but also AMC had a little Walking Dead teaser. The Walking in there Dead was that was good
0: because that was very suspenseful. Like, what is happening? And then yeah. Naked's bat came in.
2: So, but I thought it was unique that we saw that many TV ads from other networks. I don't remember seeing yeah. any before. So, you know, yeah. yay Stranger Things, yay Handmaid's Tale, and.
1: Yeah, usually maybe you would see, like, you know, like Legion or something like that that's from a sister. Ooh,
0: that show. That's a (laughs) cluster (laughs) fork.
1: I don't know. People seem to love it.
0: Oh, I loved it. I couldn't tell you what I watched. uh, Legion screeners? Yeah.
2: I'm looking forward to that one because it's going to be so weird. I'm normally not one that takes to weird, but I have a feeling I'm
0: going to... a made for Dan Stevens. Like, if anybody liked him in Downton Abbey... He was in the wrong genre then. Okay, that's our news. (laughs) Nope, that's our Super Bowl. (laughs) Now it's time for prime time: The Magicians, season two, episode two: Hotel Spa Potions. This is again a week where I love Anne Dudek being involved. I love her.
2: I wish she was a main character. She's
0: going to turn into be an evil person, (laughs) Uh, but she hasn't proven to be so far. So perhaps not. They have enough of those people to deal with.
2: It, it's amazing to me that she seems to play younger the older she gets. It's very true. And it very and it true. works. It's not like she's trying, you know, trying too hard to do it. She pulls
1: it off.
0: Yeah. And I totally want her and Penny to bone.
1: <laughs> I did like the uh, as, uh, you know, you know, get back to me when you graduate. <laughs> yeah. type, of, type of thing. Yeah, I, I kind of have
2: the feeling it's not the first time she said that or completed <laughs> yeah. that to a yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: She's
0: um, not a what major character happened?
2: in the books, but she does she have just, some... I never read the books, so I don't know. Well, I'm going to recommend that you read them later, so I won't Spoilers. mention Spoilers! <laughs> Spoilers! But the... Yeah, she has a she has a, a little bit of... Some, one of the other crush characters I have a crush on her, but she never plays... She plays a much bigger role in the TV show than she does in the books, which I think is probably representation of how much they like Ann Dudick in the role because yeah. they're smart yeah. and know what they're doing.
0: Correct. What else happened in this episode?
2: We met Bixby.
0: Bixby. Who was Bixby?
2: The uh, the Pixie that oh, I liked Magic. Uh, And I, then he, I, And Rick Worthy's relationship with her was kind of fun to watch.
0: Yeah, agreed. I like Rick Worthy in this too. I, I tend to like him in general, but I like him here.
2: Um, they got there, and I'm not going to be able to pronounce it right, but the cata- catechuses, the the demons that they put in the backs of some of the students.
0: Oh, right, the, to protect them or whatever.
2: So that's going on. And then you had then you had the plot with the High King teaching people how to... How to oh, my God. With fertilizer.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I just love that he was reluctantly bringing up his past, and he hates his past so much. I'm glad that they're... Like, I'm glad that he is the chosen king like i'm glad that you know and like i said i never read the book so i didn't know but so i'm watching the show like oh my god is, are they is quentin really going to be the person he's not i'm i love that he that quentin is not the king like elliot was the chosen high king or whatever and he got to make his friends king and queens i loved that i love that whole thing and elliot i i don't like that they recast i'm with you i wish that I mean, I like the the lady playing his wife, but I wish that it had been the person that was his wife in the finale, because I like her.
2: Yeah, I'm more than a little bitter, but I think I've covered that.
0: Yes. <laughs> I actually haven't watched episode three or four yet, even though I have them.
1: Yeah, I stopped from doing that, because so, we were <laughs> going to talk about it, and I didn't want
0: <laughs> to... Well, that's why I'm like, what happened? Because yeah. I watched them all a little bit through, and then...
1: Well, the other was the... Uh the other side of the storyline with the...
0: Yeah, what's going on with Jules? She's with the... Was this the one where he sings the whole time?
1: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he kept singing the whole that time. That wasn't annoying at all. Not at all. He also brought over the... Or tried to get the other... What is... uh You know, the other one that that she, that Jules has had uh, problems with. Oh, Marina.
0: Oh, Marina. Who I think... I like her now. I hated her before.
1: She heads out to find... You know, like the... uh The West Coast version of her has already been taken out and... There's some other stuff happening there. I like that in the midst of all of this, that that Quentin and Jules just kind of meet up, <laughs> to sort of <laughs> state state where their positions of like where they're at at the present time and like what they're right. uh, yeah. what they're a little doing. Little
2: parlay. Oh, you're still <laughs> trying to kill our guy? Yep, yep. That's well, not gonna happen. <laughs> huh.
1: You know, so that was interesting. And then you know them, uh, but yeah, them trying to find you know looking for a new way you know to get at him. Meanwhile, like you said, the whole thing with Elliot back as the king uh, and then having to go back to the the way he grew up, which is the thing he's, like, run away from.
0: Right. Uh,
1: is like, the thing he needs to do to use that knowledge to, you know, help the kingdom uh, that's been right. well, not tended to very well for, for a while now. So there's stuff like that that's kind of funny, you know, with, within the story. Uh, but then there's also these, you know, these bigger storylines of trying to get revenge for, you know, some uh, pretty... Dark I keep transgression? Saying, yeah, I keep saying yeah. dark, but I don't even think that covers it, really. You know, no, it I mean, really doesn't. For some, you know, some pretty terrible things that have happened to people. And then on the other side, you have the other group that's trying to eliminate the beast. And so, yeah, there's, I I think that it's set up... I think the first episode really sort of got the ball rolling of the new direction, but it kind of further set things up for, you know, what's going to be happening here during the second season.
0: And I think they really have set it up in a great way because you kind of... I have no idea what's going to happen at the same time as I am getting ready for knowing what's... Like, obviously, they're going to kind of come to some kind of head with the Beast. And I don't know. It's just... There's so much happening, but it doesn't feel like too much happening, and I just love it.
2: And it's, fun you guys, even, I love it. Even even from a from a book reader perspective, they've changed mm-hmm. enough of the story that I don't know what's going to happen either.
0: Hmm.
2: Without getting into a ton of detail, because I don't think I'm spoiling it, because I don't think they're going to follow follow things specifically. But in the book, the beast dies at the end of the first book, and the next right. book is a whole different story. And I think keeping Charles Meijer around is a good idea. Because I think the character's good. As long I mean, as he, he stops knows. singing. Yeah, well, that's true. I, I don't mind a little. Like, he's got a right. great he's voice, a but voice. I thought it got real
1: quick. But it was supposed to, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> but I But I love I love characters that they've added. Like Marina, the Casey Roll character we were talking about earlier, she is just awesome. And I am a fan book? of hers. I like it. I mentioned on Twitter, it's like there was like three people that showed up on my television in two different shows in the same night. And it's her showing up on Arrow. I was like, okay, I, I see you. Let's m- more of that. That's good. Because there's like 12 actors funny. that work in Vancouver. Well, yeah, it's true. <laughs> but not, I mean, well, yeah, because Hugh Grant. Um, Hugh Grant? Not Hugh Grant. What's the Hugh Dillon? Is the uh, yeah, is one Hugh of the Dillon's other
0: he everything. Yeah,
2: no, she, <laughs> he showed up twice on Wednesday <laughs> night, and I can't, I can't for the life of me remember who the third one was. Although to be fair, the one that Dillon showed up in... One of the shows is only broadcast in Canada anyways. So, Okay. But he also showed up on The Expanse. That's going to kill me. I don't remember who the third one was. Oh, well. But no, I, I really like Casey Roll, and I like I like what that character's doing, and, and it changes the dynamic. Because everything that we're seeing with, with Julia this year is kind of trotting new ground. It's not because it's... In the books, we see the story... Her story last year that ended with Renard the Fox... That was in the second book, but kinda of told him flashback. So uh-huh. having done that early sets up her to do all of this I don't want to call it fun stuff, because you're right. It's dark and twisty and um and kinda of gets a little wonky going forward. But it's it's there's a lot like I said, like you said, Emery, it's I love it. I don't know where it's going and I think it's freaking awesome because I don't, yeah. you
1: know. Yeah, that's that's sort of the best part of it in some respect is is that there's characters that you like, you know, there's lots of things happening and interesting story uh, going. And if you would have told me, like at the beginning of last season, of where some of the storylines were going to go with like the author of the book (laughs) and all of these things uh, that spun out of that, I would have been like, wait, what? (laughs) Like, no, that's not where... That's not where we're going. That's not where this type of thing goes.
2: Right. Yeah, I remember I remember us talking about it last year, and I remember you and Kyle in particular was like, I'm not sure yet. I don't I don't know what this is yet. And I was like, That's why it took me
0: forever to get into it. And then I got into it and I couldn't stop watching it. And now I'm going through withdrawal.
2: Yeah, I I had to watch it I had to watch it I think twice since it aired before it came into the season because I was looking forward to it so much.
0: So we'll see what happens next. And I like that they don't just make Summer Bichel's character like a pretty bitch. Like, she has depth to her also, and I like that.
2: So much more depth than the character in the book had.
0: Yeah, which is
2: smart.
1: Well, I think that's the thing about all of these characters is the sort of surface, you know, like party boy and party girl, or, you know, the the book smart one, or, you know, the the outcast type of thing. They've delved way down into where they've come from and, and, you know, there's way more to all of these characters than, you know, you would, you would see. And they've, they've delved into those things. They haven't just left it at that surface level uh, type of stuff, just because, you know, that's part of, you know, some of that is part of what's fun about the show is, you know, how they react to things and and whatnot, but they've, you know, like we talked about with, you know, him going back to (laughs) literally his roots uh, to be able to, you know, help the new, you know, the other world with farming
0: mm-hmm. and stuff
1: like that. But they've given all of these characters depth, even some that seem to be more, you know, almost side players or whatever. You still feel like that you yeah. know a lot more about them than you might in other shows. that yeah, right. would be similar.
2: I agree because th- that they've made Penny and Margot or Janet because um, the character's name's Janet in the books, which is one of my favorite. Did you catch that? Uh, Amory and in, in the last season when the librarian called her Janet. No. It's one of it's my one of my favorite in jokes because the the whole team goes to the is is talking to the librarian and the librarian says, "Oh, Quentin, Alice, so and so, so and so, and Janet." And Margo's like, "My name's Margo, not Janet." And he's like, "Well, in this version of the story, yeah." And it oh, I didn't know that's funny. And let's it go completely, but that they that they've made Margo and Penny char- the characters relatable. Is pretty amazing because they're not at all in the books. There's no, there's very, very little depth there, and so mm. it just goes to I. We all, I think. Well, I know, speaking for Amory and I, and I think Jason, you're on the same page too. This show's just freaking awesome.
0: Yeah, yep.
2: And it and it sucks that there's so the three of my favorite television shows are on Wednesday nights now. So make Wednesday <laughs> nights a pain. In the-
0: what are the other two?
2: Uh, The Expanse and The Hundred. Oh, okay. And Arrow's probably my top ten. But, I mean, I'm, like, shows on TV, period, right now. You know, it's you and those two...
1: That are actually airing. They're all airing on. No, I
2: mean, I mean yeah, I'm saying you throw in Game of Thrones and you throw in Outlander and you've got my five favorite shows, period, kind of thing. <laughs> and, if- wow. and three of them are... And they all premiered, basically, the same night or
1: within a week of each other. Hmm. So, awesome, I think.
2: So
0: that's The Magicians.
1: Yeah, so that makes for a busy... A Wednesday night, Thursday, catch-up.
2: For... Indeed. Yeah. yeah, I didn't catch-up all the way until Sunday
0: morning. I watch most of my TV on the weekends these days. I'm just too old.
1: Like, I might watch, end up watching, like, one thing a day or whatever, and then late Saturday night or Sunday night or whatever, I, like, clean off the DVR of, you know, like, seven or eight things or something.
2: I normally get in three good episodes, and... If it's in the middle of the week when I can start watching, when I've got stuff built up that I can watch while I'm cooking dinner, and I don't have to wait till 8 o'clock, then yeah, maybe more. But three is about all I can do.
0: Yes. So, So. The Magicians. We love it. The Expanse. Season 2, Episode 1, Safe, and Episode 2, Doors and Corners. I watched previously on The Expanse,
2: (laughs) and that's where I stopped.
1: Because you're like, oh, man, a lot of stuff happened in that first season. <laughs> like, you,
2: you covered a whole lot of information in just a minute and a half.
0: Yeah. All I care about is Thomas Jane's stupid haircut, but we already know that.
1: Wait, Amory, there's somebody with a hairdo on TV that you don't like?
0: I don't often complain about hairdos. It's accents I complain about.
2: Yeah, that's the truth.
0: They're awful when they're awful, and I notice them. <laughs> It's like it's like how I hate when people do, like, crunchy things with their mouth open. It rivals only that, as far as bad accents go.
2: <laughs> so, Jason, what did you think about this week's Expanse <laughs> premiere? <laughs> and not the crunchy noises that they made while watching. <laughs> I,
1: I liked it. You know, they've delved more into, you know, some of the political side of it to uh, what, you know, people are doing what this thing that they're researching may have come from and got people in interesting positions, you know, like, you know, sitting on the, the council there, but also, you know, playing both sides, you know, either mm-hmm. for the good or for bad is happening. You know, it was interesting to get, you know, like some, oh, what's his name? the The guy that's sort of like the commander of the, of the, the group, the Belter this is commander. going very well for yeah, you, I, I totally blanked <laughs> on his name the yeah the you know the rogue group that they you know they come back on the- Rocinante and you know he he ejects the one guy out the the thing to galvanize everybody together to get their fifty best. What's his name
2: The butcher of Anderson station or Fred Johnson is the guy's name, but they call him the butcher yeah. of Anderson
1: Station to find out like his backstory like where how he ended up in that position and that you know, cause you weren't sure in the first season, like, is this a, is this a good guy or a bad guy? Or like, is he, you know, just out for himself or like, what's, you know, what's his deal. And you kind of come to learn that he's looks like he's a pretty good guy. He's got, he got set up and, and now he's fight, you know, fighting back against it. The only way he knows how or whatever from uh, this position. And yeah, that
2: he's taking the side of a group of people that don't necessarily want him on their team is pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> He gets, you know, crapped on by a whole bunch of other OPA leaders until he just airlocks them, floats (laughs) them. And that's the end of that discussion. (laughs) uh, What did you think about Bobby Draper, the new Martian gunny sergeant? The Australian accent.
1: I thought she was great, uh, if not a little too character-wise, like hopped up on wanting to, you know, wanting to go to war. Yeah. But I thought that was a good addition you know, uh, and as we talked about, uh, you have uh, Hugh Dillon show up as, you know, <laughs> the head of that, you know, that starship for the, you know, so he's the he's the leader there. And you're just like, oh, yeah, uh, it, it wouldn't be a show made in Canada if he didn't show up at some mm-hmm. point. <laughs> no comment. I don't think he was ever on Rookie Blue. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Now I want to look. <laughs> and, 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 now that I said it,
2: I am totally wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I I liked what they did. the The space battle was pretty good when they were getting onto the the space station where they're processing all the research data and things like that. I mean, I knew I knew that guy was getting shot the whole time, like sooner or later, <laughs> uh, or, or something was going to happen because uh, he kept. I thought that he he may may try and escape somehow or something because he kept backing up, like he kept sort of backing up as they were talking, and I thought he was like heading to some escape pod or some sort of thing maybe that he knew about on the on the station or some such thing, and uh but yeah, when they're like, yeah, you could get the data, but he, <laughs> and then he just shoots him. So yeah, that's going to that's going to cause some problems, but I I'm. I'm very interested in the the whole you know I think they've done a good job of slowly setting it up, but the whole you know political nature of the instead of you've got superpowers but they're you know <laughs> ones from people that live on another planet, ones from people that live on earth, and uh, you have people stuck in the middle and all these different things and you know and the the games going back and forth and like I said, with people playing both sides and trying to uh you've got this small group out here that knows the truth uh of what's get you know going on and how they you know how can they get that out to you know people and you know stop whatever's coming but uh what about what about you Ivy what are you thinking about uh how the second season started here
2: Yeah the 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 books and the show both get compared to Game of Thrones a lot and in, really until this episode I've always I've kind of eschewed that because it's, I don't think, other than Chrissy a- Avasarala, and I, because I don't want to say that wrong, but Christian, other than her, I don't know, I don't feel like we ever saw like the political machinations as much as you do in Game of Thrones. But this week and the whole stuff with the council and how she outplayed, you know, and put herself in a position and was subtly pushing stuff around, I thought that that was really interesting to see and a really kind of hat tipped to, uh, okay. Yeah, maybe there is a little bit more Game of Thrones in this than than I think that I'd been giving it credit for. Um, Bobby Draper is uh, is a huge part of the show, even if she's not the the way they do characters over the books, kind of characters drift in and out. Um, But I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case here. You know, the addition of Bobby Draper, I think that she's. She's an important part of the show, even if maybe she's not in every book. Um, but I think that they're going to use her pretty consistently. They introduced her character earlier in the story than they did in the books. So they did the same with um, Avasarala's character as well. Uh, I I wasn't nearly, I mean, she's she's one the, probably that they had to get right the most from a casting perspective, from a, a physicality look perspective. I'm not sure they landed it, but I'm I'm one of those people that normally doesn't get up, you know, the dozen scream and yell when people don't look exactly the way, the way they do in books. So, I'm, you know, I'm not going
1: to do it here either. What's the description of, of that character in the books?
2: Imagine, imagine a Samoan version of um, Brienne on Game of Thrones. She's supposed to be huge. She's supposed to be, you know, tall and menacing and just a massive person. Not fat, but you know what I mean. But tall and menacing for a female. She's, um, you know, the characters. She is the characters like six foot. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't, I don't. Maybe. No, I think in the show she's more like six four, six five. I mean, in the in the book, but neither here nor there. I don't think. I don't know that they landed that, but I'm also not gonna gonna whine and cry about it. She's much more, and I think I think I might be looking to the what her character evolves into versus what she is now. But you're right, she's much more gung ho and war hawkish. But you would expect that out of a Marine gunny sergeant, right? You would expect that to be there. You know, I like that uh, I liked I, I'm interested to see where the story goes with Jane after shooting the scientist, not Jane Miller, Thomas Jane's character Miller after shooting the scientist, because I think that's it's it. it is a bit of a shock. It's well, it's supposed to be a bit of a shock. And I think to your point, Jason, you know, they kind of telegraphed it a little, but I don't think that you didn't even know. Miller was in the room. And so when they, when he says, okay, well, we'll negotiate with you, you know, yeah, we'll take, let's, let's, let's talk. And all of a sudden he gets shot. You know, I think it comes a little out of nowhere, but you know, neither here nor there. And, and I'll, I'll end with this. And it's just repeating something you said. The, the space battle with the uh, Rossi against the stealth ship was one of the most amazing things I've seen because you know, it was physically accurate in a way that you don't normally see on on science fiction where you see a space battle that's that is as as true to what we expect it to really you know the science to actually be like and the battle to actually be like and still be as absolutely beautiful as this was it was an amazing piece of cg from my perspective so i'm i'm loving it you know but i was i've been a fan of the show from from day one even even if it started slow and i think we talked about that last year it's it took a while. It took the first four episodes before you started to see the team get put together, but to see to see where they're at now and to know where they're going, I really love this cast. I really love this show, and more Amos. That's all I'm gonna say is we need the show needs more Amos, kind of being a, a you know B A M F.
1: <laughs> I told him to stay down. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and he was—he was. He was he, there was no emotion. It's like he—he he pointed a gun at at Naomi. That's—we were done the minute he pulled the gun up. It was just a matter of how long it was going to take. I'm like, he is. His philosophizing—if they get into some of it—there's a character that he has long conversations with about his view on life and how he interacts with his his family, his crew, his tribe. As he talks about, it's one of my favorite exchanges in literature when him him talking about tribes in the 4th or 5th book and, and which is essentially just another way of talking about families uh and how you 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 have your your blood family and you have your adoptive family and and how they matter to you and it's he's just a he's, there's there's depth to that character that I I really look forward to seeing as well
1: yeah i like the conversation that that holden has with naomi about him <laughs> it's like yeah. So uh you know, you think he'll be okay with you know, with this like do you think he knows that you there's not you know, there's not a thing there. Uh you know, he has already said that he would float me basically, you know, type of thing. So I did like that kind of uh that conversation cuz you kind of see like there is something there but then also in certain instances, he almost like instantly snaps, and like he was about ready to rip rip his head off in that situation. If Naomi yeah. hadn't come along, you know, it goes from like "don't get up" to like you can keep somebody down to like he was just gonna rip him apart. Like if uh, she didn't show up, there's a line from
2: that conversation in the book that they that they I, I, they may have used it last year. Or I, I can't remember, but you know where Naomi basically says Amos doesn't sleep with people he likes. That's not with the implication of that's <laughs> not what sex is about for him. That's a whole different thing. And it's not something he does with people he likes. And you're just like, okay, I am starting to understand <laughs> where he's coming from. And it's a and it's a byproduct of the life that he grew up with. And I will there was hints of it last year, and we'll learn more about it, I'm sure. But it's he is certainly a product of his experiences. And Wes Chatham is doing just a a really a, a phenomenal job with it. Not you also one of those characters that, that doesn't at all look like how he's described in the books, but, mm-hmm. um, but gets the physicality of it. Right. Gets his menacing, you know, I, cause he's only intimidating when he wants to be because he doesn't need to be intimidating half the time mm-hmm. because it's, he just plays it straight. He doesn't have to physically get in your face. He's just like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to mess you up here. you ready? <laughs> and he's like, "Are you serious?" She's like, "No, I'm totally serious. Are you ready? You wanna you wanna stretch first? You know, it's like it's like that kind of thing for him. It's just a it's a foregone conclusion that what's coming next is what's coming next."
1: Yeah, she's Frankie Adams is a six foot tall, amateur boxer of Samoan heritage. So, I mean, it sounds like they tried to hit the <laughs> the, the character nail on the head.
2: Oh, Correct. I'm trying to. I'm trying to no, she doesn't have
1: a... I don't know. She's She she didn't seem quite as imposing necessarily from maybe physical standpoint, like, like Brienne of Tarth. Uh, but she definitely seemed like a badass that you wouldn't want to mess with. So if that's what they're going for, to, I think that works.
0: So that's The Expanse. Maybe someday I'll watch it.
1: And we'll move on to the next show or the last show on the list.
0: Twenty four Legacy. Season one, episode one, twelve PM to one PM. T Bong in real time. <laughs> Corey Hawkins does not have the he does not have the charisma that Kiefer Sutherland has, I'm sorry.
1: Corey Hawkins? No. I think Corey Hawkins is fine from the for the character that they're playing and where they're where they're coming at in this, you know, this version of the story. He's seen some stuff, but he's not the long-time grizzled veteran of 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 many many of these types of things, uh, like a like a Jack Bauer when even when we first meet him. Mm-hmm. So I, I there's a there's a difference there, but I don't see it as a a detraction. Uh, but the 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 real time thing the the thing that bothered me most I think was the amount of time apparently that it took her from the end of her speech to getting to wherever CTU is. In Washington, D.C., seems super quick. Like, she was giving a speech. You saw a little scene over here. They came back from commercial, and she was getting off an elevator at CTU. I don't know. Traffic is not that great (laughs) Uh, in Washington, D.C. It's it's those little tiny things every once in a while uh, that pull me out of 24. It's always done that, where, for the most part, it seems like they're doing a pretty good job of time-wise of keeping things seeming like they could actually take place in that period of time. And then every once in a while, there's something that just uh, pulls you out of it. But I like, you know, I thought they got into some, they introduced the characters pretty well. They got into some action. Uh, they set some some potential stuff up, you know, pretty quick.
0: My problem with this being the 10th season of 24 or whatever, is that I'm 100% sure that Jimmy Smith's assistant is a bad guy i don't care at all about the teenage storyline like i always never do dan bukatinski is playing it so he's clearly the mole but i did really like that Corey hawkins wife saved him yeah like she came to the rescue to get them to get them out of there
2: even though she didn't seem at all comfortable doing it she still did it which is bad right.
0: yeah exactly
2: uh, i i it's i it... I'm struggling to disagree with you on the teenage storyline, and mm-hmm. it's just because it's Cat Prescott. If they'd hired anybody else to, to play the role, I wouldn't care, but I'm such and a fan of If she had her an words.
0: American accent, I'd hate it even more. But since she's using a Chechenian accent over her real accent, it's not as bad.
2: Did, did her accent bother you in Finding Carter? So bad. Oh, I didn't even notice it there.
0: Nobody ever does but me. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, does. I get I get bugged by some of them. I don't know. We've had this conversation before. I just figure that's their accent from wherever they're from. Like there's so many different accents, so many different people that talk so differently all over that uh, unless it's markedly different from necessarily everybody else or something, it do- I don't even notice it. Like it doesn't even, uh, in- unless you see like it's really bad, like they go in and out of an, you know, one accent to another I uh, might notice that, but overall, I just figured that's how they talk from wherever that is that they're, they're from, which is I, I always find funny that I that, uh, Amri will go, oh, it was terrible. And I'll be like, really? I didn't even – she's from someplace else?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, the one The one that always jumps off the page for me was Phoebe Tonkin. In the first couple of years, she was doing American television, but the accent's gotten so much better over time that it's yeah. markedly different. So you can't even say it's where she's from because like her own secret circle versus her now on the originals, it's almost like two different people talking. Hmm. But, so there's hope for these people yet. Well, well maybe, maybe not. Hmm. But going back to Kat Prescott, it's like, yeah, I, I, I'm not looking forward to the storyline beyond the fact that I'm a fan of hers. And I'm amused by the fact that she's been playing a high school age girl for 10 years now. Um, You know, since she was on Skins, and she's the new
0: Bianca Lawson.
2: She's pulling it off. Is all I'm saying. I'm just
0: saying Bianca Lawson could still be playing high school, and she's like 50.
1: Except, I think this one's kind of interesting in that she could actually be older than she is, and in the story. Oh, that's fair. But she's like playing a high school student. Like she may not even be. Like it could be all part of whatever the plan is. I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was entertaining. I thought they set up uh, lots of different potential stuff with, you know, that you expect from 24 if there's not potential mole hunts and things getting compromised or whatever.
0: But not everyone can be a mole. And I'm sorry. Just because that girl has sort of a Brooklyn accent doesn't mean that she gets to be Edgar Styles' cousin. (laughs) Edgar was a hero.
2: Edgar was amazing. Always Hashtag always remember. (laughs) Oh <laughs> my god.
0: That Hashtag oh my I god when it. Edgar died. Oh, my god. That was such a horrible scene to watch. That to that be hurts. watching Chloe watch that. Oh my god.
2: That hurt worse than probably any death on that show.
0: Um, I'm glad that spoiler alert Carlos Bernard is still around.
2: <laughs> yeah. Although his wife kicking it was also a hard scene to watch.
0: Oh my god, it was ours.
2: Oh hashtag kills too many people.
0: God, those first couple seasons. When he kill. died,
1: it sucked too.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when he came back to life, it was amazing.
1: But no, I think I'm trying to just talk about it in just the first episode. How
2: much have you guys seen?
1: The first episode. I've seen the first three so far. So I have things to say about what Harry said, but I can't say them yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is Jimmy Smith a bad
2: guy? I can't say. I think we're all on the same page that his aide is not to be trusted. Yeah, right, Jason. Are you on that page? I'm not asking you to tell me what you've seen. I'm just saying, would you have thought that way after the first episode?
1: Uh, Yeah, after after the first episode, I I think you're you're supposed to. I think
2: also they're totally banging,
1: right? I think by the end of the which episode was it? By the end of I think it's by the end of tonight's episode that airs as we're you know when the night we're recording this. I think it's the second episode that by the by the end of the second episode, there's like 50 people that you think could be <laughs> responsible for different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's an exaggeration, but they put it out there on a on a bunch of different people. And I think they go. I, I mean, it's still to be determined whether where it ultimately seems to be going, at least at three episodes in, whether that continues to be interesting or not. But but yeah, at the end of the the first episode, there. She's one of the people that you, you know, you're kind of looking the side eye at. I,
2: I, I would love it if they if they swerved completely and did like no moles, you know, like just everyone's actually trustworthy. And there was, you know, like there was just a leak with a computer like somebody hacked in and got the information and just completely be oh. anti-24 with the decision.
0: That will never happen.
2: I know. I, I tell you, my favorite part in the episode, though, was when um, Miranda Otto's character Taze uh, Mullins Teddy Sears's character because yeah, I hate yeah. Teddy Sears with with a fiery passion. What he is he is such a boring. He's like watching a piece of wood. I mean, I think he's you like, could put a wooden door he is your in his Warren
0: place. Cole, basically.
2: He's my what? Who?
0: You're Warren Cole from that show that was with Michael Ely where it was just two equally boring people working together. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I am. He's I am your, not you,
0: Michael Ely is that. You me? mean that
1: show that was about L.A. cops that was filmed in Louisiana? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's not the L.A. I'm talking about? He's on
0: Shades of Blue. Warren Cole is, I mean.
2: Yeah, I'm just so not a Teddy Feer, Spears fan. It's not funny. I
0: know. think
2: he's just a, it's like watching a piece of wood walk across the street.
0: <laughs> oh my God. That's funny. Um, a hot piece of wood.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to disagree with that. I'm not, but I think Warren Cole is better looking.
0: Oh my god, this is getting weird. <laughs> I mean, I'll obviously keep watching it because I am such a—I'm a slave to the 24 universe. I've watched everything, including that horrible prequel movie. That time.
2: Do you do you not hate it? I don't hate it. I don't hate I it. I don't
0: hate it. There's the just Amory too many seal of approval. Right. Yeah, exactly. If I if I hate it, then we've got problems. I, I, um,
1: I just wish that that quote would show up on stuff. That was just, just like, once. Just,
0: just, like, I don't hate it. My take on tv.com.
1: <laughs> I didn't hate it. My take on tv.com. <laughs> yeah.
2: But I but I apparently liked Corey Hawkins as the lead a lot more than than you did, Amory. Or I, I think of charisma. What's that?
0: I don't think he yeah. has charisma, but I'll watch a second episode and see what I think there.
2: Yeah, it's a thing to do.
0: Yeah, yes. So that's twenty-four. I don't have much more to add. Prime time's over.
2: America you're short at prime
1: time.
0: America. What? Why do I say America? I was going to say Amory's reality check, and I said America. <laughs> Top Chef is the only Wait, show I'm calling.
1: Are we doing yeah. America's reality check? I don't remember that saying. America's
0: reality check. Um, the only reality show I'm caught up from last week is top chef. Cause I was traveling and I think there's no, so the whole thing of the season, right. Is that there was rookies and old folks, not old folks, but you know what I mean? Um, there was rookies and there was top chef all-stars basically that were competing and there's no rookies left. Now I think there's still rookies in last chance kitchen. Cause somebody will come back for the finale, but so basically none of the rookies are left. And I, but the only person I don't want to win at this point is John. I think he needs to go. But I'm solely, I'm really rooting for Sheldon. I want him to win. He's been a favorite of mine for years. And um, that's my Top Chef story. And then our next topic is TV recommendations so this past week I mentioned I was traveling. I was staying on Alex's couch, the TV Chicks couch for a week and a half. And she has DirecTV, so while she was at work and I was working at home, I caught up on the 20. I guess I was 17 episodes behind cuz I had the last time I was there, I had finished season 1 and caught the first 3 episodes of season 2, and there's 20 episodes of season 2 of Kingdom on DirecTV's Audience Network. It's amazing. I'm an MMA fan in general, so uh, to see this world kind of explored in dramatic fashion was incredible. Uh, Jonathan Tucker is doing work that is unrivaled, I think. Um, Matt Laurie is the best. Keely Sanchez, to have to deal with her child being born stillborn in real life and still play a pregnant woman on TV was one of the hardest things I've ever seen someone do, and she was amazing. Thankfully, the writers were then—I mean, not thankfully, but for character and for Keely to deal with it— she lost the baby on the show too. So she didn't have to be a mother after losing her child in real life. But God, there's so much emotional weight to it. Nick Jonas, it's a long, slow burn, but the story of his sexual identity and, and how that's slowly, slowly unraveling has been really interesting to watch. And I'm totally invested and I love it so much. And season three starts in May and, I think that everybody should find a chance, find a way, find a friend with DirecTV and watch it because it, time flies and it's, as you're watching it, and it's so good. And Matt Laria's roommate, who was his roommate at the halfway house when they got out of jail, Keith, is one of the best characters ever developed for television.
2: That's high praise.
0: It really is. This, kid, this guy is amazing. He's a murderer, um, which makes him even funny here. My re- recommendation is Kingdom.
1: Who's next? I don't have a recommendation this week, so uh, but uh, Ivy does so
2: well i I will take your recommendation and say Jason recommends that you watch um, humans, which is second season premieres on AMC next week uh the first season was phenomenal and the second season looks really really good so thank you, Jason for that recommendation
1: thank you I could definitely go with that that recommendation that uh, that's a good recommendation if you haven't watched the first season of humans that's that's a good one. I'm actually looking forward to to humans returning next Monday.
0: Cool. So it's like Ivy read your mind.
1: Yeah, I'm here for you, man.
0: <laughs> uh,
2: for my recommendation, I recommend you go pick up a book. So you've got The Expanse, which has an incredible series of books. You've got The Magician, which Magicians, which is a really great trilogy that's going to tell kind of a very different story than I think the show is going to tell, but with the same characters in the same world. And then there's also you know Hulu's Handmaid's Tale uh, is going to premiere. In a oh, I'm times. so excited about it! And I finally read that book. I'd seen the I'd seen the original nine you know late early '90s late '80s movie. I can't remember which. Um, you know, many many years ago. And I finally um, I'm not a huge fan of that. I'm not a huge fan of the author. But uh-huh. the but I, and I like how the the it's book the narrative jumps stuff. around was just not my style. But the story it tells is just particularly, not to get political, but particularly in the climate we live in today, you know, you want to talk about how things could go in a crazy direction um, Mm -hmm. very quickly and very reasonably. Uh, This is a great kind of a scary way of telling what could happen to us if things were to certain things were to get worse in in a bad way. But pick up a pick up a book. These are, these are phenomenal books. Handmaid's Tale's been around for its present in a way because I think it was released in the early 80s. The Expanse books are just absolutely phenomenal. They're doing a wonderful job of producing a book every year. So every time around, it's a great Christmas present. You get a new book every year. And The Magicians, like I said, it's, it's a great primer to this world that I think they're going to take in a completely different direction in the show. So pick up a book, or pick up a Kindle. They're on sale this week.
0: <laughs> so that's our recommendations. Twenty Four Legacy did not do well in the ratings, guys.
1: What did it? Do? What did it? Do?
0: I don't know. I just said that it is just like the lowest sampling in like a while. I think that has to do with probably overtime and people having to go to bed. But whatever. Yeah, it didn't help. You can find it's like Phase One all over again. Freaking. <sighs> it was Alias' first chance in forever to be a top twenty show for the week, and then it, it didn't even air until eleven thirty.
1: Well, it could be like Kyle said in the in the Boston area, it got pushed all the way back to like 30 in the morning. Yeah, before it actually aired, because they did like some people extended, had to
0: grope Tom Brady on TV.
1: Yeah, they did some like it. lent, I guess extended local coverage on the uh, I get the, it the though. local Fox affiliate, but I'm sure that that did really well in the ratings for the local station. So you know, sure. So yeah, yeah, it was the lowest rating since Alias. Yeah, I'm still really bitter about it. Yeah, well, probably, yeah, definitely. The, the later it goes, the less you're going to have people around to check it out because of yeah. by the time they do the, the trophy presentation and the, all that type of wrap up and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, after the game. And and yeah, it didn't start till I guess probably right around 11 on the East Coast, somewhere around there. Cause I, I think was, was
0: already on my way to the airport for my delayed.
1: 'Cause I, I wanna say that it started here around eight, which is, you know, about a half an hour past when it was originally scheduled to start. So
2: Yeah, T V by the number said it started right at or around eleven.
0: Gotta love it. So our outro, you can find links to our recommendations and the news stories we talked about, as well as where you can find Ivy online, not just in Virginia, in the <laughs> show notes. At tvtimes3.com three slash 356. Next week, Jason and Kyle will be joined by our buddy Claire Gendel from tvwithatwist.com. And that, friends, is all she wrote. And at 8 o'clock on a Monday night, I'm going to sleep. Because...
1: <laughs> I believe it's all she spoke, but okay.
0: It's only 5 o'clock in my inner body temperature. What's the body clock?
1: but i've thought. been up yeah, it's, yes yes i've been up so long it's five o'clock right now right <laughs> i know
0: but i've basically been awake since yesterday morning
2: but it's all he wrote and all she spoke because jason did the outline
0: correct true. <laughs> truth and that friends is how you end the podcast